All right, we're back with another episode. Um, I'll get to start off with a little history. Things were kind of spaced out. There's a big time gap into these two things, but that's all right. Um, the first thing I found was that in on this day in 1953, the first edition of Playboy magazine was published, and uh, Marilyn Monroe was the first centerfold. And Playboy is still going to this day. Just I think it's just digital now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, the second thing, um, in 1984, Beverly Hills Cop premiered in Los Angeles, and that is with Eddie Murphy. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know if that's a film that kicked his career off, but it's it's a huge one for him. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure if it is or not. I can't remember the order. Like, cause I mean, he was like the 80s, like Trading Places and right, right, all those movies. But yeah, that sort of trilogy, trilogy for a black actor was like unfounded before, right. before him. One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. Right. Welcome to another episode of Is a Shrimp Life with Brandon and Lauren. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, pretty good. Actually, uh, uh, we did it was, we did a lot of the cooking Wednesday. So that way on uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving, we just put it in the oven, warmed it up, and, and ate. So Yeah, we did the similar thing. Most of the stuff was done Wednesday, except maybe the rolls. Right, right. Side dishes. But yeah, it was real, real simple. Right. Too fabulous. All right. We'll get started here with our news for headlines. First up in TV, um, Felicity Huffman has landed her first post prison role at ABC. And apparently, she was a highly contested actress sought after. um, And uh, she'll be starring in a comedy based on a woman who inherits a minor baseball league team. So hmm. that should be interesting. Yeah, it's not really surprising either. And yeah, so. yeah. Um, but she'll return to ABC, where most of her other lead roles have been on TV throughout her career. Yeah. Okay. And the second thing, um, the HBO's Undoing finale, which we will get to later, was the most watched episode for HBO since Big Little Lies season two finale. Wow. That's which is amazing. Yeah, that's nuts. So um, they saw a lot of viewership on the premium regular channel and then uh uptake uptick in viewership for the series finale as well on HBO Max. So it was a big deal over there ratings wise. Okay. All right. All right. Then we'll transition into the movies. Um, Mads Mads Milkison, who plays Hannibal in Hannibal, which we've been talking about for the last three weeks, is set to replace Johnny Depp um, in the Fantastic Beasts 3. And this just came out, I think, at the end of last week. So he's going to play Johnny Depp's character, who I should have had this up. But it's something Grindelwald. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of the first name either. But yeah, so that is a pretty decent replacement. 
yeah and it you know because of his um past as hannibal it's believable that he could be this evil character so i i think it will be it'll be mm-hmm. fine um secondly i saw this the other day as well black panther the movie um the first one will feature a montage tribute to chadwick boseman from now on so i what i gathered was that if it comes on television or when it hits disney plus um kind of in the beginning there's going to be a montage of chadwick boseman as a tribute which i i thought was pretty interesting so yeah i saw a clip of it instead of the um when they do like the Marvel reel at the beginning of the film, right. to have all the different heroes, they're all like him as T'Challa throughout the films. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And then lastly, um, more COVID cancellations. This time it's from the production of HBO's drama Scenes from a Marriage, which uh, is a remake of a film from uh, the 50s or 60s. And this one, is it is messed up because it's Jessica Chastain again, something of hers can canceled <laughs> by COVID nineteen. And so I don't know when they're set to resume, but yeah, it's it's been canceled or yeah. postponed, I should say. Yeah, it's it's crazy and the the rates keep going up in LA, which is costing yeah. productions to shut down and whatnot. So I'm not sure what their plan is going to be. Yeah, neither, neither do I. Yeah, picking back on the Fantastic Beasts three story, I know Johnny Depp was re- was released from that film, but he was, I mean, paid a pretty good penny for leaving. Yeah. Now there's a petition for Amber Heard to be axed from Aquaman two. Yeah, I saw that. They feel, you know, if he has to leave, then she should leave too. What are your thoughts on that? They both seem like bad people. I <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen glimpses. Like I've caught, you know, just bits of what they've done to each other and the um, the allegations against one another, and I, I don't know if I can make a like a concrete judgment, but yeah, it, I don't know. They it may be best for both productions to let them go so they can save themselves the the headache. The headache, yeah, because I I know for sure. I I, I think they. If you do it for one, you have to do it for the other. Because a petition right. to have her yank just—it's more that toxicity, <laughs> right? Exactly. And you don't want that around your film rollout and all that stuff. So, and but aren't both those Warner Brothers? Uh, I think so. Yeah, they need to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't look good. Nope. All right, we'll slide into our next segment here. Um, for trailer things, um, I saw a few trailers. First up, um, I saw the trailer for Amazon Prime Sound of Metal, um, yeah. starring Riz Ahmed. This has been gotten a lot of buzz um, this year as being a big Oscar contender, especially for Ahmed's role. Um, yeah. He plays a uh, rock band drummer who throughout his career, like, loses his hearing, and it's sort of like him gripping with going deaf and, um, like, going to uh, a home with deaf, living with deaf people to sort of, sort of um, just mentally grasp this chain in his life. It looks really good, and they're saying he's a big contender for best actor. 
Wow. Okay. So that actually drops December 4th, oh. this Friday, on Amazon Prime. And then I saw a trailer for <laughs> something that's been ca- called um, Pretty Little Liars meets Black Swan. Oh, God. Uh, Tiny Pretty Things. It's about a black ballet dancer who's an actual ballet dancer in her first acting role. Um, who who attends this prestigious ballet school in Chicago, and she essentially is um, replacing a girl that was that died mysteriously at the school. So it's sort of that like soapy, yeah, he said she said thing, kind of a cheap guilty pleasure watch. Right, right. Um, but it's got a black female lead, so I'm going to try to see if it's any good. Okay. And then lastly. Another HBO documentary, I think that comes out sometime this month, I'm not sure, I'm mm-hmm. called Alabama Snake. And basically it's about a sect of Southern Baptists who during their church services do this thing with snakes, yeah. um, where, where they think they're like exercising demons or whatever by biting, the, getting bit by the snake and if you survive then some religious connection or whatever, but there's a murder that occurs and it's trying to get get to that mystery of who killed this past or whatever. It looks right. looks wild. Yeah. HBO, they came with it, man. Yeah, they really did. So a lot of the trailers I saw. I'm not sure. Only day I'm sure of is the sound of metal. I don't know when others come out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, but that takes us to our streams of the week. Uh, what was the best stuff you watched the last week? Okay. Um, the best thing I watched, and I'll, I guess, do you want me to just run through these? Because I've listed them from the best to the worst. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah. So the best thing I watched was this little movie on um, Amazon Prime. I just saw the little cover thing and thought it looked interesting. It's called The Vast of Night. And this was about uh, a radio operator, uh, a young man's radio operator, and a young woman who's just, who's a, um, oh, I can't remember what they call him, uh, operator. No, he's a, he works for the radio. She's an operator. Like, you know, how they used to have the call to connect. Calls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what she does. And they live in New Mexico. And one night they pick up the strange signal and um, they catch it and more people in town hear it. And it turns out that it's it's an alien type signal and they uh, go on this kind of small journey to figure out more about it. And uh, they encounter different people. They talk to residents that are there the first time the aliens came. But it's really, really good. It's It's a different type of alien film. It's not cheesy. You never once see the actual physical aliens. Um, mm. And it's set in like the 50s and the main guy that was affected by the aliens the first time they came is a black man and we learned that he kept the secret because he figured nobody would believe him because he was black and wow yeah it opens up this big thing and they meet an older woman whose son was taken it's really good it was the best thing i watched so um, there's that uh then i watched night comes on on netflix and that's what uh Dominique Fishback, and she plays a young woman that's just been released from juvenile detention and wants to get revenge on her father who killed her mother. And that was that was really good. It's it a 
they've packed in a lot and I think just like an hour and a half and I forgot uh, about this movie because it's her and her sister right 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 she gets out and then she goes to get her younger sister who's in uh, foster care and she's just trying to put her life together but it's all based on revenge um, for her father I'm, I'm getting revenge on her father for what he did and mm-hmm. yeah it's really good and she's good everything I've seen her in she's good and um, yeah. she, she stole a lot of scenes when she was in uh, the deuce on HBO um, okay then the second the I watched Uncle Frank which was uh, Amazon original and this had uh, Paul Bettany uh, and he plays uh, a gay man who grew up in South Carolina and moved to New York and his family never accepted him uh, and then his father passes away which brings him back home and nothing ever really things changed towards the end and that was the problem I had it, it just it was unbelievable that in the last 10 minutes of the film his family would just give up their homophobia to like accept him in but it, it was all right and and the main the young girl that played in it was um Sophia Sophia Lillis and she played the young Amy Adams in which we call it sharp objects yeah yeah little redhead girl mm-hmm. yeah so she was in it and then I've the a teacher with Kate Mara um last thing I'll say just no it was <laughs> it's, it's, I look at first I thought it was four episodes but it's not it keeps going I can keep checking Hulu and they keep putting up more episodes but she finally came out about what she did, but she just, she said it to her teacher friend, who's an extra, who's another teacher at school, but she said it to her like, like, oh, I slept with this guy this weekend, is our 18-year-old student. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second, this makes no sense. And so I just stopped. I'm not watching it. I'm not finishing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, for me, um, nothing was t- really terrible in what I watched, but, um, yeah, so first up, what I didn't expect to really enjoy that much was uh, HBO Max's The Flight Attendant mm-hmm. with Kaylee Kuko and Rosie Perez. Um, it's really interesting based on the book about a flight attendant who stumbles into this murder conspiracy after a one-night stand. And I think the, uh, the um, part I wasn't expecting was sort of like the subplot with her background. Um, she suffers some type of childhood trauma and she she represses it by drinking. So like her partying and stuff like that as she travels is bombarded with excessive drinking to where she blacks out. And that's one of the reasons why she can't piece together this, this murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. And Kaylee's doing a great job because I haven't really seen her in anything dramatic. I don't think anyone really has. Yeah. Um, and she she hits it pretty well. Um, next, I finish HBO Max's or HBO series HBO series Industry. Um, oh, yes. This was another surprise hit. I really enjoyed it. I hope it gets renewed. Um, about sort of like corporate toxicity in an yeah. English uh, financial company. Um, it just really was really interesting to watch. Um, something unexpected, because all I knew was it was produced by Lena Dunham, and I was like, sort of. Yeah, just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it, it, it was really strong, and um, 
the lead actress, oh, I can't remember pronounce her name. It's like, yeah, it's like, I've seen her name. It's yeah, yeah, it hasn't lost to me. But right. uh, she plays Harper Stern. Uh, she's really good, and so is Ken Leong as Eric. I think they should be up for for nominations if it gets any attention. Okay. Um, and then I finished season one of Saved by the Bell reboot on Peacock. It's really fun. If if you wa- grew up watching the show, you'll appreciate this. Um, they highlight, you know, jokes from the show, but I was really worried about how this story of inner city kids being shipped to Bayside would play yeah. in 2020. But but they do a, a really good job in in handling the, the conversation delicately. And lastly, I watched a movie on Netflix called Mosul about um, a real life um, police SWAT team that was fighting ISIS um, in Iraq. Um, And it's not like other war movies. Usually, especially in America, war movies are sort of ultra violent, ultra hero. Right. Sort of that not propaganda, but propaganda-ish type films. Um, and this one, it has the, the action, but it really humanizes the war to, to um, showcase the different aspects of the war and how it really affects people, um, mm. not even directly, but indirectly as well. So it was really touching. Okay. Yeah, I've seen the little, I've seen it in the, the list of movies. So just, I guess I should add it to my queue now. And it was produced by the Russo brothers, which I, I give them props for, um, directed by someone else, but it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. All right. We'll now get into our film discussion here with no concessions. What movie are you bringing to us today? Okay. I watched this movie a couple of nights ago, but um, this is, I watched uh, Palm Springs and this came out earlier this year. I'm not sure if I had a chance to go to theaters, if it's just, or how people saw it, but um, it's with Andy Samberg, Kristen Mialodi, and J.K. Simmons. And um, it, it plays on the premise that we've seen before, kind of the Groundhog Day type of thing where, you know, they wake up and it's the same day. They keep doing it over and over again. But it's based around um, Kristen Mialodi's character's, her sister's wedding. And uh, they keep waking up to this wedding and different things. And, and, and I guess what's good about it and why I think, you know, people should watch it is that it, it Andy Samberg is good at what he does. He's, he's silly, like he's silly and he's mm-hmm. funny, but he's really good at um, kind of portraying these, these, uh, these characters. And this one is, it's kind of like they're stuck because they won't, you know, face their reality in a way like uh we learned that um, Kristen's character, her name is Sister, has slept with her, her, her name is Sarah, I just said her name is Sister. Her character has slept with her sister's husband. And now she's at this wedding, she's drinking, she's trying to forget about this. Andy Samberg kind of at a point in his life where, you know, he knows what's going on, but he just kind of wants to move on. And yeah, so um, it, it's interesting. But um, it's it's really good, and uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously, which I think is a good thing. You still like, there's not this big, overbearing theme 
in the whole movie. It's, it's still fun, even when you're kind of like, oh, you can relate to this in a way and, you know, how you deal with situations. But it's really good. And it's, I think it's just an hour and a half. And this was on Hulu. Okay. I heard good things about it. I just didn't really know what it was about. So. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny. It is very funny. All right. All right, that concludes our no concessions, and we'll return with the other half of our podcast after this message. All right, we're down to the nitty gritty here um, with our NLT segment, where we discuss the shows we're watching weekly. Um, Let's get the elephant out of the room (laughs) and discuss The Bloody Truth, the series finale for HBO's limited series, The Undoing. This this show. Now, six episodes is not a lot of time to to flesh out. You know what normally would be maybe ten episodes or whatnot. Right, right. And I think we could definitely tell that the way uh, the series led us on that there was going to be a, a huge revelation. Right. And yet there wasn't. No, that it it was meant to be huge, but it fell flat on its face. Yeah. There there was so much there's there were so many pieces laid out for us that needed right. answered and with the ways we were going to go and then none of them came to fruition. Like why is Lily Rabe still here like why yeah. would she so far into the series and then not she added nothing to the story like she was literally just just a friend that was it yeah it made no sense um donald sutherland like they they try to think maybe he had something to do with it kind of right um at the last minute they wanted to think Either one of the sons has something to do with it. Right, right. Um, they wanted to show at the last minute uh, Miguel having this t- tantrum, showing off his anger or whatnot. Right. Um, and I kind of regret that we didn't see or hear the thing from Miguel's family side, like sort of a different perspective just to, yeah. I don't know, switch it up. Um, so if you didn't watch, I seem like everyone did, but the bloody truth was that who Grant's character did indeed was the murderer. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're supposed to be led to believe that he's a sociopath with a narcissist complex. And that's why he did it. Yeah. I think my problem with that was just the only hint of that we got before was the story about his sister. And that wasn't even good. Yeah. We should have spent more time with Hugh Grant than we did with Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. Because uh, she, she, she's just walking around. Yeah. That's what she did. She walked around New York, her hair blue. She wore (laughs) robes and shit. That was it. And like all the like flashbacks and stuff, we could have gotten that with Hugh, not even if it wasn't like 
the crimes and stuff, but like it was like that's why they understand like is she having the flashbacks? Is she having repressed memories? Like all that stuff didn't make any sense in the in the long run. Right. No, I I completely agree. It was it it was it was a lot. And I don't know anyone who decides to put a mallet in a dishwasher twice and the dishwasher still work. Like, <laughs> who thought that up? Yeah. Yeah, like, who, who, was, who in the writer's room was like, this is, oh, this is good. This is good. Because he said that. I was like, dishwasher? Right. It's not like you, it's not like it was a knife, like that ghost. <laughs> it was a fucking hammer. Like, it yeah. didn't. The, the machine would definitely break. Like, it would. I just imagine, like, it clinging in there and, and Grace is like, oh, you're washing dishes? <laughs> right. That's when, yeah. like, it just sort of, I was like, what's going on? And, and the, the, her her whole reversal of playing her husband when we're in the courtroom, it didn't come off as smoothly as I think they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And there was that that bothered me. The final scene bothered me with Hugh Grant, you know, being this crazy person driving his son and everything. That was yeah. It, it I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It felt extra. Yeah, yeah. Like- the whole. Yeah. Like the SWAT teams racing, like her flying the helicopter, like where? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Double, do a double take. I was like, is she flying the helicopter? Right. And then and, we. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was, it, it was just so much. Yeah. That wasn't deserved. We deserved. I don't know. I, I, I think. I think it would have helped as well. Kind of, I'm trying to say this. If we spent more time with Elena. Yeah. I think that would have helped as well because we only saw her literally in passing. We saw her in the scene where she was outside the school. We saw her when she went to the little meeting with her baby. And that gave us some indication that something was up, her obsession with Grace, even that moment. And then the, at the party where she kissed Grace. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I We should have seen more of her life. Yeah. So. And, I, and for the longest, some reason I thought the, the child with cancer was a different child. I'd never really connected it to being... Her child? Yeah, or like an yeah. older brother. It, I was so confused. I didn't realize he's the one that had cancer until the last episode. Cause yeah, was just, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh my god. Yeah, they. I don't know. It was yeah. too much focus on Grace and not right. enough elsewhere. Cause we could have seen a hint of his crazy maybe at work. Right. Yeah. Where she was, it just didn't make any sense. I I think that that's the perfect thing i think what they should have tried to do is tell us that it's hugh jackman hugh grant rather while the rest of the characters find it out not right. trying to keep it from us because it, right. it didn't play out right if we had known from the jump like yo hugh grant's crazy and he's hiding this that would have been much better than what we got 
Mm-hmm. It would have been like sort of like Hannibal, like we know he's the killer, but no right, one else yeah. knows. Right. And then you can see the crazy as he like hides the stuff and everything. And absolutely, yeah, that would work a lot better. So hats off to David Kelly; he's making money, but that right. was a dud. Right. <laughs> now, for something that I thought was really well done and a lot better was the third episode of His Dark Materials this week um, mm-hmm. called Theft. Um, we have sort of <clears throat> everyone making dumb decisions. <laughs> Lyra and Will wind up being um, entangled with, I, I don't know his name, I can't remember his name. Isn't it Boreal or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of Miss Coulter's right-hand man. Um, and Miss Coulter runs into Lee. Yeah. Um, and we sort of learn more about both about their characters, and we learn how Lyra is still at the center of this prophecy that the witches need need the witches want to fulfill. So everyone's been will be searching for her basically. Right. Um, so what did you think of this episode? I thought it was really good. It it, it did give us like, a lot of information. And it wasn't like a an action-packed episode. There wasn't a lot of fighting, but it still managed to um, kind of keep you interested and, and move mm-hmm. the plot along smoothly. So, And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like when we get a chance to see Ruth Wilson act, because she's, she, I mean, she's acting as well. She's good, and she's yeah. acting in every scene. But when she starts to break down, it, it seems so genuine, like... <laughs> Yeah. I think, yeah, so that was good to see. Yeah, this uh scene with her and Lee, how he could how he he sensed like her past, like right off the bat. And I, I would expect people that go through that can like see the signs. Right, right. Um that was amazing just getting a hint of like sort of like her backstory or origin mm-hmm. story and she, you know, she let him live because I guess in a sense she could empathize with him. Um, right. And we we know she's sort of like the antagonist, but she she does have a reason to get to Lyra beyond just her own uh ulterior motives. Like she's her mother, like she she right. some sense of love there or wanting to love. Because that's something she never really got. Um else I, I just Lyra will be lost without Pan yeah that's that's pretty evident like every everything it's Pan what do I do do this girl right. duh um, and I, I'm assuming we're going to get it in this season but he has to eventually pick his form soon and I wonder how that will change things mm-hmm. so yeah. um what else oh do you think we'll see the, any more of the scholar uh i think so okay I, I i generally do i think we'll see more of her i think it'd be I, yeah i don't think her story can be done yet okay because she she's she's coming upon what she needs to know she i, I figure she would leave too early and then it would right you know, respond, but I hope we do see more of her. 
and then the previews detail, you know, them coming closer to the knife. And I guess, wait, is is um what's his face playing Will's father, Adam Scott? Because I'm uh, pretty sure it was another guy, or is he someone else? No, I didn't see. I when the show ended, I just turned off. I haven't seen the previews for next week. Oh. So. Well, they, they show him talking to somebody, and I assume he's playing his father, but I'm pretty sure the father was a different actor. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I may be confused. He could be playing someone totally different, but he winds up in there. Okay. So, yeah. So, good good and bad on HBO there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That leads us to our final segment here, our feature presentation where we decided to do something a little fun. We could stroll down memory lane here, given we are in 2020, um, almost out of 2020. Um, we are going to discuss the contest that sort of molded us through um, specific ages. So we'll look at the years we were 5, 10, 15, and 20 years old, and just see what uh, music, film, or TV we were consuming them, consuming consuming then at that time lord and and how it sort of sh- shaped our taste today and how uh our sort of viewing habits have evolved yeah right. so i'll start first just the same chronological order here yeah. um i was five years old in 1992 so um music wise i couldn't really think of much. I just know that Invoke's Funky Divas album came out that year. So yeah. I know I would have been obsessed with that. Um, You're Never Gonna Get It was probably the song I listened to most at that age as I was obsessed with them. Right. Um, Film-wise, I had down um, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Yeah. Such a like a anime classic that was not done by Disney. Yeah. Um, I know we we watched that a million times on VHS. And uh, then speaking of Disney, Aladdin was a big big one yeah. in our household. The soundtrack was amazing. Robin Williams uh Oscar winning performance there. Um and then <laughs> randomly Three Ninjas. Do you remember? Do you remember that movie at all? No, I don't. I some reason in the nineties, um, it was really big on, and it might have been like Power Ranger effect or something. There were a bunch of movies where like siblings would have to either fight criminals or do something adults would do. So Three Ninjas was about three white boys who. <laughs> just happened to be Mr. Miyagi from <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That actor and he his old sensei from years ago turned evil, comes after them, kidnaps him. So the three the three grandkids all have to go save him. Oh wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure like I don't think their mom was Asian. Like they're just white with a Asian <laughs> grandpa. <laughs> that's that's funny you say that though, because movies back then were so short on plot. You're just yeah. Like, you just accepted it. 
And, but we watched it, and I'm pretty sure they made two sequels. So. Oh, God. Yeah, I looked it up, and the sequels are called There's Three Ninjas, Three Ninjas Kickback, Three Ninjas Knuckle, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Yeah. It, it had to be the Power Ranger like effect. Like everyone yeah. wanted to be a ninja or something. Yeah, hell yeah. And then uh, for TV, I had down uh, Barney debuted that year. Debuted that year, so I was a big Barney fan. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Rider, which I was a big fan of that. Uh, that reboot we won't talk about. Um, <laughs> and Lamb Chops Play Along. I must have been a big PBS kid. Um, yeah. And then California Dreams came out that year. So I was kind of too young for Saved by the Bell until like later seasons. But California Dreams was like the same type thing, but with music. And then Nickelodeon. Like that was between, you know, Rugrats and whatever came on SNCC, Saturday evenings and Friday night. Yeah. Right, right. That was pretty much my my uh, catalog at five o'clock or five years old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, okay, my turn. So I was five in 1996. Um, and kind of like you, music was difficult because while I was aware of musical music, it was mostly what I heard from my parents. But even then, I, I wouldn't remember it. But what I do remember uh, I remember the Spice Girls, and I remember them just being everywhere, and my sister Candace listening to them. Uh, I went to a sports camp, and I just remember there was this rumor <laughs> that this that the Spice Girls, these world famous women, were gonna come and perform in Indianapolis at our little camp. And I just remember flipping out the whole day, just like, oh my god, oh my god, like they're gonna be here. And so that was a big thing, and then. Um, I think 1996 too is when the Macarena came out. So that was a huge thing. Um, for movies, I had Space Jam. Uh, I was obsessed with that. That came out then. Um, Harriet the Spy. My sister and I used to watch it all the time. And we always used to like like um, spy movies. Like, yeah, I don't know. We, we would watch the movie and then go and try to reenact it. And, uh, <laughs> Definitely. All, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was a, I was huge, huge on the Land Before Time movies, and I don't know, I don't, I think they started maybe before that, but they seem to put one out every year, and uh, yeah, I used to watch those religiously, and then um, I don't know if you remember this one, and I had it on, I had it on DVD, and once not DVD, VHS, when I remember, I figured out how to work that. I used to watch this movie on the daily, but uh, Dustin checks in with the yes. monkey. Yeah, yes. the monkey. <laughs> yeah, man. I used to watch that all the time. I, had, I think Faye Dunaway was in the movie, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, yeah, because yeah. me and Brady <laughs> will always go, Consuela. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, oh. man. and it was it like it was it was it was short on plot mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense was not realistic but i i remember just being like man i want 
a monkey for a friend. And uh, so there's that. And then for, for TV, is all cartoons. Um, hey Arnold is maybe my second favorite cartoon. I was obsessed with that, just the kind of dynamic. Um, I had Rugrats, Blue's Clues. Arthur started then, and now it's on its 29th season, so now I feel wow. old. Uh, Barney, but then um, my favorite cartoon, oh, it's Scooby-Doo. It didn't start in 1996, but um, I used to watch that. My grandmother would sit me down in front of Scooby-Doo, and I could never figure it out. And I was just like, I love this dog. I don't know why, but I was obsessed <laughs> with Scooby-Doo. So, so yeah, that was that. All right. All right. Well, jump five years to 10. I was 10 in 1997, and music-wise, I can remember this had to be fourth or fifth grade for me. Yeah. Um, Mariah Carey's Butterfly came out, and everyone, I I can remember being at our grandmother's house and us watching the Honey video, like, collectively, (laughs) and it's like, oh, wow, she's out here now. Right, right. Because that was just a big deal. Um, uh, Puff Daddy and Friends, I'll be missing you. Cause oh, yeah. Biggie died that year. That was humongous. Um, and that's when we first heard the Backstreet Boys, I think, which some reason yeah. I always think they're closer to 99, but they were really before everybody. And I think that's because with the turn of the millennium, we started to see them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean about it seemed like they came out later than that. Yeah. So film-wise, um, first up is Titanic. I never saw the movie, but, okay, I was definitely in fourth grade. I never saw yeah. the movie, but I can remember my fourth grade teacher having the soundtrack, and we would always ask her what was happening at certain points. <laughs> right. <laughs> the music like what happened now what, what what was going on then right but i never saw it um men in black came out i think we rented that oh, and yeah. that's a classic um i was never allowed to see it but i watched it later soul food because i remember oh, uh, i remember our parents watching it and we i, I just don't know where we i guess we had to stay in our rooms or hmm somewhere wherever they were watching. We weren't allowed in the living room when that was on. Um, uh, I'm forgetting this guy's name. Howard Stern's Private Parts came out in 97. Oh, God. And I remember trying to sneak and watch that, like, <laughs> at grandma's and being like, oh, this is dirty. But it was funny. Right, right. Um, and lastly, Batman and Robin with George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. I remember seeing that in theaters okay. for a dollar. And oh. TV, um, I was still, you know, with the cartoons. That's when ABC dropped one Saturday morning. So it was right. Recess and Pepper Ann. Right. Um, yes. Pokemon debuted then. So that was drumming up and then um we had smart guy and Dharma and greg so i was watching a lot more not adult things but a lot more sitcoms i guess you'd say right um, and then i remember watching this with my parents to practice on abc that was like a like yeah. my first like real show to watch so okay yeah um 
So I was 10, um, right around the turn of millennium, kind of 2000, 2001. And uh, same thing, I was, I was kind of slow on coming around to music. I, I liked music, but once again, I was always around my sister. So what she listened to, I listened to. So that was in sync. This was an in sync household. It, even <laughs> to this day, if you set me in a room and start playing an in sync song, I'm singing it from start to finish. Like I know all their songs because I was always around my sister. Um, Britney Spears, just the pop music that was big around then at that time. Um, and then at that time, uh, 10, I wasn't, I wasn't in band yet, but I liked instruments and, um, I, (laughs) it's such a change. I, that's when Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone came out and I was like, mom, I want this soundtrack and she got it for me. And I used to wear that soundtrack out with, uh, I think it's, I think it's John Williams. Uh, I was, I don't have that CD anymore, but then the first CD that I ever bought with my own money was um, Little Bow Wow's Beware the Dog. And that came out oh, wow. in 2000. And uh, that's when he was, he was young. I think he's just a couple years older than me. I can't remember, but, um, you know, he was rapping about friendly things and stuff. So it <laughs> wasn't too bad. My mom was fine with it. And yeah, I remember buying that. Um, film still kind of kiddish things. That's when the Grinch came out with um, Jim Carrey. I was obsessed with that. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove, which was funny. Land Before Time was still making movies, I think. Um, and then, uh, did, did you ever see Chicken Run where the chickens have to escape from the farm? Yes, we rented that. Yeah, yeah, I used to love that movie, man. That movie used to crack me up as a little kid. Um, so I had that on there. And then for TV, I was still into cartoons. Uh, I Adult Swim was slowly coming into play. Not Adult Swim. Um, my parents would let me watch that. Cartoon Network. Mm. It was, uh, and they had their Ed and Nettie, and they had like raunchier cartoons than Nickelodeon. Right. So, but that, but but the biggest thing, cartoon TV wise, was Pokemon. Pokemon came out. And it took over the world, and I was obsessed with it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say once Cartoon Network sort of like was available to everyone, they sort of stole the cart animated shine right, yeah. from Nickelodeon. Like they've Nickelodeon does like a live action stuff now, but right, yeah. All right, five years later, we're at fifteen. In 2002, I would have been just starting my freshman year of high school. Yeah, something around there. Yeah. Um, yeah, 2002, fall 2002, freshman year of high school. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Music-wise, this was like the apex of TRL. So, like, mm-hmm. we really heard a little bit of everything um, right. from rap. I can remember begging our dad to get us Missy Elliott's Under Construction. Um, and then we have that. You also have Justin going solo. So you have his solo debut. And then I just remember singing After Levine's Complicated at the top of my lungs because it was like the epitome of 
teen angst then like everyone mm-hmm. was like that song was like so that time because everyone was either like posing to be a prep or posing to be this and it, mm-hmm. it was just so relatable um film wise I remember we didn't really like go to the movies like that for right. some reason, but I remember going for Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember us randomly going to see Undercover Brother <laughs> and, <laughs> and laughing our asses off. <laughs> I remember renting the ring and being terrified of water for a few weeks. Yep. <laughs> that movie was crazy. Um, and then I've got John Q, which is still a good movie. And then Enough with Jennifer Lopez. I thought that was a, yeah. a really good movie that year. Uh, TV, starting to get um, a little more mature. I still watch cartoons, um, but uh, like you said, it was Cartoon Network. So I was right. watching like Jimmy Neutron and Codename Kids Next Door, which was like a little more yeah. smarter. Wasn't silly, yeah. 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 Um, this was like sort of the slow tread into reality TV. So we were big American Idol fans for a while. Um, and we, the Anna Nicole show on E! was a spectacle. Oh, man, I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. And, um... I was watching a lot of Monk because my sister was obsessed with that show. She's a big mystery buff, so yeah, watched that. And a little show on NBC called Boomtown. Sounds familiar. It didn't last long. I think it was like one or two seasons, but basically they would see a crime from different perspectives. So you saw it from the detectives, the media, and I think like the lawyers. It, w- it was really interesting, but I think it was like a one and done type thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so 15, I would have been 15 in 2006. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, being a teenager is a horrible, disgusting time. I did not know who I was or what I liked, so I had a mix of music, but when I was 15, what was happening was like this was like the boom of uh music blogs you know like fake short drive what was it pigeons and planes and so that was huge you know you go to school and everybody's like hey you download this mixtape so it was a big hip-hop time so i had like charles hamilton um Wiz khalifa put on mixtape every month um asher roth and the birth of kind of like college rap in that time um but then I had other stuff like uh, I, this is when I started to pay attention to more to what my parents were listening to. And my dad's always been into like the Funkadelics and stuff. And so for somewhere I got into like Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix and yeah. And so there was that um, film wise. This was a weird time. This was after all those raunchy like college films like, you know, not another teen movie and um american pie like that was all in like when i was in middle school and they kind of not teetered out but they changed but we got like um super bad came around and it was it was in the same vein but just different so we had like super bad and uh 
accept it. Do you remember that one? Jonah Hill and Yeah. Yeah. So there was that. Um The Hills Have Eyes. That was a big film. And then probably the biggest in 2006 was ATL with TI, Big Boy. Yeah. Lauren London. I was obsessed with that movie. And the soundtrack was one of the best soundtracks. Soundtrack was so fire. Oh my goodness, man. And so that was huge. Um sports uh, TV wise, it was I I start watching like sports more. I, I I played sports, but I had never been a huge watcher of sports. So that came into play. Still cartoons here and there. But um like you, I started to get a little bit more mature. So I try to find things that um well, they weren't always best, but like there was like Degrassi and I used to like, you know, um two thousand and six was a year after youtube came on and like you could find different stuff on youtube it was it was weird it was a weird time i just used to find different stuff uh friday night lights and then a big thing back then um i think it started 2006 was bad girls club like Mm -hmm. that was that was that was trashy tv at at its best but um, everybody watched it so yeah um that was that was TV for me. All right, our last five years here, twenty years old, which I can't believe for me was thirteen years ago. Wow. All right, music. This was the peak of, like you said, like the college hip hop right. era, but was also peak of the snap era. So we yeah. had. Like the parties we were going to, uh, this was my freshman year at IU. We had Soldier Boy, we had T Pain, you had Kanye's graduation popping off, and then you had all the crank dats and all the like dance music. And that was just such a a different time because you had people arguing that, you know, that's not hip hop, but you know, it, it had just been a while since hip hop had been like that sort of carefree as you'd say i guess right kind of um film wise i'd say this is when i started like getting into like indie films right right um just being in that college setting you're you're open to more different style of films than you would watch so juno came out in 2007 i remember that being a big deal um shia labeouf was like the leading He was yeah. huge. Um, this is like posts, even Stevens and Holes. But I remember going to theater for Disturbia and thinking like that was such a great movie. Um, of course, we had Stomp the Yard for the niggas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember seeing that movie and liking it, but like, uh, I just yeah. remember everyone being mad that Chris Brown died like the first 15 minutes. <laughs> and then I, re- I remember seeing the invasion with Nicole Kidman, like that. Um, oh made, yeah, like, invading the body snatchers. Yeah, um, yeah. And the only scene I remember distinctively is it. It was either her. I think it was her. She pushes that little Asian boy against the bed. Yeah. And like knocks him out. I was like, yeah. <laughs> just. Uh, uh, unintentional com- comedy. Right, yeah. 
<laughs> um, and TV wise, like you said, trash TV had like was reached a zenith. This was like the peak era of like reality TV. Each right. one started spreading out. I love New York. MTV had Adventures in Hollywood, which yes. is a mafia show that I totally forgot about. I love that. Um, BET had Baldwin Hills. It was like supposed to be like the black version of like Laguna Beach, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And then I totally forgot about the show, but MTV had Juvies. I don't remember that one. MTV's Juvies was basically a show about kids in um, juvenile detention, and they they shot at the detention center in Lake County, Indiana. Oh wow! So like all it was like not Beyonce straight, but it was like I guess sixties days in, but with kids. Like you see them go there, and why see why they're there, and try to see if they like get better when they get out but yeah it was done in lake county which was like crazy because that's so close to home yeah and no i don't remember that one hmm. i think it was just a one season thing wow okay then <laughs> all right okay um yeah so 20 i would have been 20 um in 2011 i think so yeah I was born in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> um, so twenty, uh, that was interesting. I I was in college and I was again exposed to more things, and just I think it's natural taste change. So I got kind of away from hip hop. I remember Odd Future with Tyler, the Creator, and all those guys. That kind of came out when I a couple years earlier when I graduated high school and I was still listening to that, but I was chilling off because rap was just not my thing anymore. But then that's, I swear, just like, that's when I was 20 was when I found like, you know, uh, house music and just like dance music. And it's just melodic type of music. And I, I haven't looked back since I've been obsessed with it. And it, I mean, that's most of my playlist and everything. So that was, that was a big thing. Um, for me, music-wise, was finding house music. Uh, like you said, um, film-wise, I had more access to movies through school and just through the internet. And so I kind of, um, you know, started watching more foreign films, indie films, and uh, really kind of became obsessed with documentaries. And so that was, that was a big thing then for me. Um, let's see. TV wise, it was interesting. I I watched television, but once again, it was still kind of just. I I think my thing with television was that I I was never like uh, what's the word disciplined enough to keep coming back the next week. So oh. it's right, but it's funny because the show that did that for me that helped me stay disciplined was American Horror Story. That's when that came out, and that oh, first season, yeah. yeah we were all over it, man. Just, you know, we were having like discussions afterwards of, uh, <laughs> of what would happen. And uh, no, that was, that was good. Um, uh, I think Portlandia came out then. I used to watch the game on BET. I used to hate watch that. That was one thing where I think I did keep coming back. I was like, this shit is so stupid. I'm going to be back next week. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and that that's it. I can't remember. Like my group of friends was made up of like half girls, half guys, and but everybody was obsessed with Pretty Little Liars. And I can't remember if that's when that started or not. But for some reason, we used to, Twitter just when that happened, we used to just like, oh, it was a, it was a da 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 da, or who's a? Yes, it started in 2010. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. We were, it was so strange, but. Um, mm-hmm. But that was that was another show that uh, I watched quite often. So, so yeah, that was twenty. Yeah, it's crazy to see how like through time, like mainly like it's basically like pre-internet and post-internet, like like what you exactly. watched and everything, and how you watched. Um, the fact that I mean, we we had reality TV growing up, but it wasn't what it's become like right right yeah, exactly. reality tv then was maybe talk shows or unsolved mystery you know like right kind of basic stuff. it wasn't like entertainment per se no not at all and the same with music like it's definitely shifted with the internet and stuff like that stuff um mm-hmm. stuff just really changed it's crazy yeah it's but yeah, it, I think splitting those two, the time between pre-internet and, and post-internet was, uh, is, a, is a good way to look at it because, you know, once I, you know, we had, uh, what was it? You know, we had LimeWire. You know, LimeWire would absolutely kill your computer, but mm-hmm. it did. You, you could find music that you liked. And uh, I just, I just, I specifically remember music blogs i had like 15 saved in my uh bookmarks on my on, on my the home computer and then when i got my own computer same thing and it was a daily thing i would just go look at what was new download new music and it was that i can remember i carried my laptop in my backpack across iu just yeah. so i could get on in class or get on in the union whenever Check two dope boys. Right, <laughs> Check. Right. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember any, any other ones. Uh, What's his face had one. Elliot Wilson had one before. Rap Radar before it was like oh. really big. Um, yeah. Just check all the sites and then try to post them before anyone else or whatever, and you download them. Like that was literally all I did. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. It was it's nuts. It was just it was it was just different back then. But then yeah, it was uh I think what's interesting is how you fall out of certain things. And yeah. I think in high school I was so influenced by the kids I went to school with and I felt like I had to listen to hip hop. But you know, once I once I hit college and I just I was just like like it was a whole different world outside of you know this realm of music and uh i'm thankful for that <laughs> yeah i like even now like well because i mean we're older now but like i even looked at the <clears throat> my apple music replay for 2020 you know report and like it's like r&b ev- everything like i don't only mm-hmm. hip-hop i even listen to was like maybe megan the stallion right and that's about it like i mean 
I mean, we're all you, your posts have grow kind of grow out of that, but it's just sort of like you realize, oh yeah, that's right. That's so yesterday. So yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll go back and listen to playlists of like songs I grew up to. That's all fine, but I'm not out here like trying to get the little baby album or no, no. anything of that nature. Yeah, I'll i listen to it every once in a while, but um, you know, this is a different discussion for a different day. But most of hip hop and rap sounds the same, so just like I need variety. So yeah, 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 and luckily, like that's a almost like a plus of I guess the streaming era you can easily access absolutely different stuff because I mean (laughs) pre-internet being here it was 11.3 and whatever was on MTV or BET and that was like now you have like access to everything old and new so it's definitely definitely a plus it's it's wild to look back but yeah <laughs> and and it will keep going for the next generation like soon like other kids whatever innovation comes next will be be theirs or, or yeah. whatnot all right before we get out of here tonight what are you streaming for the weekend <clears throat> um i think we had the same thing in the euphoria the episode with rue yeah. and then um uh Oh God, industry. I, I, I don't know why I didn't start it when it started. I would have been done alongside you, but I think I can probably knock out maybe half the season this weekend and uh, be caught up. So yeah, yeah. And they dropped all the episodes, so you don't have to like mm-hmm. rush per se or whatever. But yeah, right, I'm hoping, right. I'm hoping that sort of catches fire because I lot I saw a lot more people talking about it on Twitter and stuff like that. So right. Um as you said, Euphoria special this Sunday, uh with Rue. Um I'm hoping to catch Sound of Metal on Friday. And then Thursday, HBO is supposed to drop 40 Years a Prisoner, um, documentary about the move bombing in Philadelphia. Yeah. I saw and that. um that I really don't know much about that other than that it happened. I don't. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Basically, he focuses on the history of that and how one of the members' sons sort of fought for justice to get them out of jail or, or something like that. So yeah. that should be interesting. All right. Um, for more content, you can follow us on our socials everywhere at AS Life Podcast. You can also follow our website, streamablelife.wordpress.com for more content. And um, we, like we always say, keep on streaming. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to another edition of It's a Streamable Life. If you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. And for more content, follow us on our socials at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at AS Life Podcast.